All right, welcome to the 9-11 edition of Ranch Rock and Reggae. I am Natasha Devine, of course, your host. And uh, today, of course, is the anniversary of the September 11th attacks. It is September 11th. Um, a lot of people are doing memorial things today, uh, things to remember the victims. Um, but I think really uh, the best and most respectful way uh, to pay homage to the people who died during 9-11 really uh, would be to try to get to the bottom of the truth of why they died and, and what really happened. Um, of course, that was the original um, modern conspiracy theory, right? 9-11 was an inside job. 9-11 was done by uh, Mossad, U.S. government, uh, uh, the Chinese, any, anybody that somebody didn't like they were likely to be blamed uh, for 9-11. Um, but what you really have to do is just kind of look into all of the things and the evidence and all the weird weirdness, just the weirdness uh, around September 11th, uh, the date itself, as well as what happened uh, so that's what uh, we're going to spend today's episode on, uh, is September 11th. Uh, but first, before we get into the uh, weeds about what may have happened, what definitely didn't happen, and some theories about people predicting what was going to happen, um, I would like to just take a brief moment of silence uh, to remember the innocent people who needlessly, in my opinion, died that Okay, so after that uh, moment of silence, I did want to mention, uh, even though I'm not volunteering for Bobby Kennedy anymore, he did have an interesting project called the Day of Service uh, for September 11th. And to remember September 11th, he was encouraging people to do something positive for their communities. Uh, and I'd like to do the same thing that uh, on this 9-11, uh, educate people, clean up your neighborhood, help old ladies, uh, try and remember America before. People think about, oh, I try to remember what it was like before COVID, all these restrictions. Try and remember what it was like before 9-11. That's when stuff really started clamping down. I mean, we can go back and say, oh, the problem started when they killed Kennedy. Or we can go back, all oh, the problems started with the New Deal. Or go further back, all oh, the problems started 
uh, in the Civil War. But in, in reality, the real modern surveillance state uh, was crystallized through 9-11. Uh, so let's, first off, leading up to 9-11, let's talk about some of the weird... I'm not saying I necessarily agree that these things are predictive of 9-11, but... And I understand, you know, there, there might be some confirmation bias on the part of the uh, person who made this clip, but... Uh, it's just, it's weird. So I'm going to play this for you. 1985 classic, Back to the Future, at a scene called the Twin Pines Mall, we will bear witness to a sudden surprise terrorist attack, perpetrated by a group of Muslim terrorists. The attack is at the Twin, which is a reference to the Twin Towers. When we turn the sign upside down, the digits on the clock read 911 or 911. The Twin Pines are a symbolic representation of the Twin Towers. Before the terrorist attack, the Twins are present, but after the attack, the Twins are gone, replaced with a single pine. This takes place on 9-11, where the Twins are destroyed and replaced with a single tower, the One World Trade Building. Also at this scene, Doc shows us two stopwatches, both of which display encoded 9-11s. Is this only a coincidence? The pines are the towers, and this symbol system is confirmed in Back to the Future Part 2, where we see the twin pines appear again on a projection movie screen in Marty's future house. Marty's family gathers around the movie screen, and the twin pines actually morph into the twin towers. This is because the twin pines are the twin towers. The pines are the towers. Pines, towers, and the Twin Pines Mall is the Twin Towers Mall, which is why all the clocks here secretly say 9-11 and why there will be a Muslim terrorist attack resulting in the destruction of the Twin Pines or the Twin Towers. But the appearance of the towers is not a random backdrop, as we can see the Statue of Liberty lurking just as secretly as the towers, making this scene a secret recreation of New York City, where Marty's family has gathered to stare at Ground Zero. Of these three characters staring at Ground Zero, one of them is completely upside down. But in the entire Back to the Future saga, this is the only time when an upside down character will ever appear. The hint being given here is to observe the scene from his perspective by turning it upside down. But when doing so, the Twin Towers are clearly shown to be falling down. In the entire history of cinema, I, I think you get the point there. There's a lot of weird references in a Back to the Future film from Hollywood. Uh, do I believe that that movie was trying to tell us about 9-11? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But uh, it's definitely weird. So uh, while we're getting into the weeds of the weird, let's have another uh, concept uh, here regarding predictive programming and this goes all the way back to 1967 uh, so check it out a really creepy example of foreshadowing and or revelation of the method 
I bought this magazine back in 2012 off of eBay because it's David Rockefeller, the man who more than anyone made sure that the Twin Towers got built so that he could destroy them with people inside. And it's shortly after construction began, so I thought there might be some interesting, sneaky revelation of the method style language in the article. Then I noticed that he has the hands of his quite visible watch set at 9 and 11. I always felt like there must be more to this cover, but it took me three years to figure it out. As you can see, he's sitting in the window of his office in 1967, eight months after the groundbreaking for the building of the World Trade Center, with the hands of his watch set at 9 and 11, like I said. 9 and 11 on clocks was one of their favorite ways to foreshadow the upcoming date of their mass murder. They did this in many movies, television shows, and even commercials in the lead-up to 9-11. Either the hands are pointing almost exactly at 9 and 11, or it's 11 minutes after 9. There was always something that bothered me about the so-called plane hole on the north face of the North Tower, the iconic one that really represents the 9-11 false flag and the one that they show us the most. I knew it was an important shape and angle for Rockefeller, and he knew well in advance exactly what he was going to make sure that it looked like. After all, it appears on the $10 bill back in the 1990s series, along with all the other scenes from 9-11 laid out in perfect order on the bills. This is also one of the first things that showed me that there were no planes used on 9-11. So the other day it occurred to me, the fake plane hole on the North Tower looks like one of the wounds that was on the Jesus statue on the crucifix at the church when I was a kid. Same shape and angle. So I start looking up crucifixion images just to be sure, and this article comes up. Jesus' crucifixion date, possibly April 3rd, 33 AD, according to Earthquake Study. See, the Bible says that when Jesus died, the ground shook and they're able to go back that far and figure out when earthquakes occurred, apparently. April 3rd just happens to be the date of this magazine. So then I checked how many years there were between 33 AD, the probable year of the crucifixion, and 2001, the year of the mass human sacrifice on 9-11, foreshadowed on Rockefeller's watch. The number was 1,967, represented by the year seen here. In case you haven't heard, many people have been saying for quite a while that the, that the probable actual birth date of Jesus was September 11, 3 BC. On that date, Jupiter, the king of the planets, collided with Regulus, the regal star, in Leo, the king constellation. I'll link to a much more thorough explanation below, but to me, it's one of those things that make a lot of sense. And after studying these people for a while, it's exactly the type of thing they like to do. Take something pure and important to a lot of people and twist it and pervert it. Have the sheep celebrate the birth of Christ on the wrong day, coinciding with a pagan holiday, actually. The very word Christ Mass does not mean the birth of Christ, but in fact his death. So they take the date, 911, and corrupt it into something that in our minds signifies emergency, and make the actual day into a day of terror and sadness and mourning. And this is just the creepy member of their club that would enjoy gloating about it on a magazine cover. In the 1940s, David Rockefeller's uncle Winthrop Aldrich was on a committee to attempt to get the World Trade Center built back then. They were also foreshadowing 9 and 11 in the 1944 movie Double Indemnity and even throwing in an allusion to the name Rockefeller in the same film. In the 1960s, a plan was introduced for a nationwide emergency number. Britain implemented 999 as their emergency number back in the 1930s. Australia and New Zealand selected 999 and 111 respectively as their emergency numbers in the 1950s. Yet for some reason, in 1968, just a year after this magazine came out, AT&T announced at a press conference that a universal emergency number was being established for the U.S. However, instead of three like numbers for ease of dialing in a crisis, numbers that could not be further apart on the dial would be used. Nine and one and one 
had been chosen by a computer, they said. Besides being a client of the Rockefeller-funded and directed Rand Brainwashing Institute, the 1975 book The Rockefeller Syndrome lists AT&T as just one of the many companies under Rockefeller control or influence. In the book Rockefeller, The Man Who Misrules the World, AT&T is referred to as the Rockefeller's family-owned monopoly. So they used their power to make the numbers 911, birth date of the Prince of Peace, signify danger and crisis, and after September 11, 2001, heartache and mourning. Rockefeller puppet Ronald Reagan even designated September 11, 1987 to be 9-1-1 Emergency Number Day, calling on the people of the United States to observe this day with appropriate ceremonies and activities. And every year, like clockwork, the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree, an enormous representation of the one thing the Bible tells us not to drag into our homes and decorate with gold and silver, is lit at 8.55 p.m., when the hands on the clock are exactly as they are on Rockefeller's watch. So here we have David Rockefeller, the man who was instrumental more than anyone on the planet in ensuring that the Twin Towers got built. Less than a year after the construction began, with the probable date of the crucifixion of Christ above his head, along with the years between that event and 2001 listed here, and the probable date of Christ's birthday and, of course, the date of the mass murder that took place in his towers in 2001 on his watch. A mass murder during which a slice appeared 1,000 feet up over southern Manhattan for all the world to see, similar to the wound depicted in many images of the person that the event seems to revolve around. And just as a side note, if you open this thing up, there's a cigarette ad on the back cover that puts two tower-looking things in red right about where the towers are being built to David Rockefeller's right if this picture continued west. So this is what we're dealing with. Sick, arrogant people that feel the need to put their mark on everything in an attempt to convince us that they have total control of everything, which means they don't. As for God and Jesus in the Bible, I know it's trendy to be an atheist and hate all religion, but obviously those who hoard the knowledge, the same people that do very well if we're misinformed, plan their events around these things we're not supposed to believe in. Maybe they know something we don't. I'll pertinent links in the description, and thanks for watching. Okay, so I mean, obviously I'm not a Christian and I don't um, believe in the Christian mythology. However, most satanic cultists and most devil worshipers are working within a Christian framework and try to blaspheme against Christianity uh, as much as possible because they view that as the largest... Uh, pro-God or the largest religious movement uh, in the world and therefore that's their enemy. Uh, furthermore, most uh, people who are into Satanism and the occult don't really have a very good religious education and don't really have much of an understanding of Judaism or Islam for that matter. Uh, and most were raised in, in Christian households and are just trying to rebel against their parents or something like that. Uh, so I could definitely see uh, people who are occultic, anti-Christian people working within that Christian framework to try and 
desecrate things that are sacred to Christians. I can definitely, definitely see that. I've witnessed it myself uh, among Satanists um, where they've done inversion ceremonies. Um, they had a guy dress up like, like uh, similar to the Pope and, and things like that, you know. So they're really into desecrating uh, Christianity uh, because it's, it's, the, it's the biggest face of religion in the world. Um, the, there's a rabbi that once said that, uh, he asked, they asked why do Hasidic Jews uh, receive the most hate crimes, uh, even though they don't bother people that much, you know? And he says, well, when you want to slap someone, where you want to slap them in the face. Okay, the, the Hasid is the visible Jew, he's the face of Judaism. So you, they, he gets hit. So on a larger scale, if we're talking about all of the religions of the world, well, the Christian is the face then, because the Christian is what's most commonly known when people say, oh, he's real religious, almost always in Western culture anyway, the assumption is that he's some type of Christian. Uh, unless they mention otherwise, he's a really religious Jew or he's a really religious Muslim or whatever. So there's that. Um, now, also after 9-11, uh, there was some very strange, to say the least, some very strange uh, memorial ceremonies held, uh, such as this one, one year after the event itself. I saw that morning, uh, you know, being down here now was different as it looks. I, uh, I still have those visuals, those images in my mind, in my head. We're on, as a nation, officially now, the suicide bombers, uh, you know, it, it happens in Israel on a daily basis. Those are the things we have to be careful of now, we have to watch for now. Do you expect suicide bombers? plane struck the North Tower of the World Trade Center one year ago. Hundreds of people have gathered here at Ground Zero. Okay, so you see, that that's kind of a weird ceremony. Why are they gathering around this circle in this weird formation uh, to remember a terrorist attack and the victims of it. Well, put that together with what we were just talking about, about the concept of human sacrifice, perhaps, or desecration of purposeful desecration of Christian ideas in relation to 9-11 mass murder. Um, and then the idea of them standing in a circle so to make a little bit more sense, and here's why. Magic circles and spheres are concepts often found in various mythologies, folklore, occult practices, and fantasy literature. 
They are believed to be mystical symbols or metaphysical constructs used by practitioners of magic or the supernatural harness, contain, or channel magical energy for various purposes. Specific meanings and uses of magic circles and spheres can vary widely depending on cultural, religious, or magical traditions. A magic circle is a symbolic or protective barrier drawn, etched, or visualized on the ground or surface where a magical ritual or spell is to be performed. It is typically circular in shape and may contain various symbols, sigils, runes, or other mystical markings. The circle is believed to create a sacred space, which serves several purposes. The circle is believed to contain the magical energy raised during a ritual or spell preventing it from dissipating or being interfered with by external forces. The circle is considered a barrier against malevolent spirits, entities, or energies, protecting the practitioner in the working area from harm. The circle helps the practitioner concentrate their intent and energy, creating a conducive environment for magical workings. Traditionally, circles are believed by ritual magician detective barrier between themselves and what they summon. So, there you see the occultic significance of the circle. Now, not everything that has circles in the design uh, is going to be occultic, of course. Circles are simple designs, they're uh, aesthetically pleasing, um, and there's a lot of reasons why people might have circles on things. They're, you know, easy uh, to use for... Um, logos, things like that, but to gather people for any type of ceremony specifically around a circle, yeah. It, it, it has, it's ringing some occult bells there. So let's go on and talk about the day, the actual day of 9-11. Um, Everybody knows and has seen the footage of um, George Bush sitting reading the children's book in the school, and they act like that's the big conspiracy theory thing, you know, uh, but there's really more to it than he just didn't care. Um, like he was a bad president because he was just not on the ball. There's some purposeful uh, darkness going on here. And uh, I want you to pay attention to the fact that everybody after the fact seeing the images on the television and eventually on the internet became familiar with the planes crashing into the towers imagery. However, um, Rabbi Michael Green uh, and a few other people have consistently put out calls for anybody who actually saw the plane go into the building, especially the second one. Uh, if anybody actually saw this with their own naked eyes. And 
that is so far we can't find anyone they can't find anyone i can't find anyone everyone who claims to remember a plane saw the video of the plane videos can be edited so let's have a look at this and pay attention um i'm going to take my banner off here so you can really pay attention to the captions here because it's a little bit of a noisy clip, but look at what they're saying. They're not saying there's another plane coming. They're not saying, they're saying there's a bomb. The bomb in the building's not clear enough. Sorry, there's a bomb? What'd you say? The bomb in the building starts clearing up. Got it. Okay, so right there, you saw bomb in the building. He confirmed what he said when nobody misheard. He said, what did you say? There's a bomb in the building, clear out. And there's a secondary device. Neither one of those things sound like airplane being described to me. It, it sounds like bomb because he said bomb, not airplane. He didn't say there's an airplane in the building about to explode, did he? No. So what what did our friend, uh, and I use that term sarcastically, what did George Bush have to say uh, years later? Let, let's have a look has provided valuable information and has helped disrupt terrorist plots, including strikes within the United States. For example, Khalid Sheikh Mohammed described the design of planned attacks on buildings inside the U.S. and how operatives were directed to carry them out. That is valuable information for those of us who have the responsibility to protect the American people. He told us the operatives have been instructed to ensure that the explosives went off at a high po a point that was high enough to prevent people trapped above from escaping. He told us the operatives have been instructed to ensure that the explosives went off at a high po a point that was high enough to prevent people trapped above from escaping. The explosives. The what? The what? The explosives? Did he say explosives? Yeah, he said explosives. That's right. He said explosives. That's right, he said explosives. He sure did. Uh, he, he didn't say something else. He, he said explosives. Um... So, Freudian slip, uh, compare the guy, well, not even compare, but just, just, just find these up in your mind together. The guy bombing the building, clear out, there's a secondary device, Bush saying explosives, and then this, which it took a little bit of digging to find, but it, check this out. 
Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Lloyd, Clifton. Lloyd, do you know about the World Trade Center? Alright, I'm on the... Uh, I, the second tower just exploded. No, I'm on... I went to go vote this morning, and I went to park my car, and I'm on, I'm on the roof of this garage, and I... As a matter of fact, it just caught the second explosion on video tape. No, a bomb, I saw it. it no, no plane hit nothing. The building exploded from the other tower. Welly, 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 well. So, I mean, we're looking at the footage, and what the guy says is what it shows on his phone or his camera, whatever he's using, camcorder back then, I guess. Um, you, you all, so did you want to watch it again? Check it out. Watch the footage. Just, just watch. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. And I I didn't see a plane there. I didn't see a plane there. Did you just see a plane? Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Lloyd, Clifton. Lloyd, do you know about the World Trade Center? All right, I'm on the... Oh. Okay, so keep that in mind. And let's also put this, mix this up with, did you know that Dick Cheney uh, was ready to just shoot a plane full of civilians out of the sky? Did you know about this? American soil. Without hesitation, Vice President Cheney said, shoot that aircraft down. Two F-16s are scrambled with orders to intercept Flight 93. But the fighter jets are unarmed. At the time, having armed fighters standing by to defend the capital from a domestic threat wasn't part of the national defense strategy. So their only option is to try and bring down the airliner with 44 people on board by ramming the plane out of the sky. One of the pilots plans to crash the plane into the cockpit. The other plans to target the tail. But this scene never happened. Flight 93 had crashed before the jets even took off. Aircraft down. Aircraft down. 68 miles south of Berg no survivors. All lies in the vice president. He was staring at those three speaker boxes. He turned around, he walked right over to me. He goes, Major, we just shot that plane down. I really need to talk to the president. In the chaos, it's only after Cheney gives the orders to shoot down Flight 93 that he informs the president of his decision. And for much of the morning, the officials inside the bunker didn't know whether they were responsible for bringing down a passenger jet. 
Only later would it become known that it was the passengers storming the cockpit who caused the plane to crash. Now, of course, that's presuming that you believe specifically that it, it was the passengers storming the cockpit that caused the plane to crash. Um, looking at that, that almost seems like it's trying to be an expose. Because remember, that was coming from Vice. But it seems like it's trying to be an expose, but it's actually presenting itself as an expose when it's really pushing the narrative. Because there's really no way, we, we don't have any proof that they didn't shoot it down. Yes, we have some recordings of the people supposedly, you know, in the black box. And, All right, let's let's go, or it's go time, or whatever the guy said. And uh, but it could be that seconds after that they were shot down. We don't. There's no footage. So to me, that was a little bit uh, troubling. Um, but let's watch one more. It has everything to do this. with the greater greed. In three separate cases, a special federal court ruled that thimerosal, a vaccine preservative containing mercury, does not cause autism. Oh, wait. You, you might think that I'm playing the wrong clip, that I'm playing something that has to do for another episode about vaccines or something. No, sorry. Hate to break it to you folks. Yes, the vaccines are tied to 9-11. Have a look. It has everything to do with the greater greed. In three separate cases, a special federal court ruled that thimerosal, a vaccine preservative containing mercury, does not cause autism. Thimerosal was found to be in vaccines at levels far above all mercury exposure guidelines. And three of the test cases in what was called the omnibus autism proceeding would represent thousands of parents from the stance that thimerosal had caused their children's autism. For families to be compensated, all they had to prove was that it is possible thimerosal was to blame. And still, that argument fell short. The judgment read loud and clear. Thimerosal does not cause autism, except for when it does. The government conceded liability in the case of Hannah Poling, who's now kind of the poster child for the movement. The question is, did childhood vaccines cause a nine-year-old girl from Georgia her autism symptoms? Did they cause it? Over two years before the omnibus judgment was made, this same court system had already quietly awarded and replaced Hannah Poling as a potential thimerosal test case. One of the most disturbing things about this case is that the government did in fact settle, but now the case has been sealed. I think the reason they conceded Hannah Poling was so that the records would be sealed and no one would be the wiser. Back in 1999, eight years before the Hannah Poling case, the Centers for Disease Control had run their initial analysis of thimerosal and found a major association with autism. Transcripts from a secret meeting in 2000 to address these findings were very clear regarding one of their concerns. Then, just over a year later, as we all witnessed a national tragedy, others saw this as an opportunity. There are a lot of tough decisions that will be made as we develop uh, and discuss and debate how to move forward. In November of 2002, Congress passed the Homeland Security Bill, which created the Homeland Security Department, and the whole country woke up the next morning and it was reported that late at night, right before the bill was passed, somebody had slipped in a secret writer that would have dismissed all lawsuits against Eli Lilly and other vaccine companies 
for having put this mercury-based preservative in vaccines. The exact day the Homeland Security Act was signed, the White House had the Justice Department file a motion to seal all documents related to hundreds of claims that thimerosal and vaccines had caused autism. It was the most ridiculous motion ever filed in federal court. And under pressure, the Bush administration quickly withdrew that. These deceptive acts were raising red flags everywhere. So once again, pharmaceutical companies are using convenient opportunities of national emergencies to change the laws in their favor. I'm not sure what they want you to believe that is the connection between not being able to sue vaccine companies and national security after 9-11. But whatever it is, I'm not buying it. These people in power do not care about the common people and this becomes more and more and more and more and more and more obvious every year. So we have some concepts at hand here. The possible idea of, of human sacrifice being the real reason for the event. Some very weird foreshadowing. Uh, and then we have what's obviously a changed story for whatever reason from what people saw that day on 9-11 to what the accepted history narrative whatever is and then we have the Homeland Security Act and the creation of the Department of Homeland Security. Not only does this facilitate the Panopticon Society and the surveillance state that we see today for the purpose of political oppression, trying to, you know, uh, surveil political dissidents and under the guise that they might be terrorists, but this expands the state cooperation with the pharmaceutical companies, meaning that they were preparing clearly for something like, maybe not exactly this, but something like COVID, at least as far back as 9-11. And if they were planning 9-11 for a long time, then that means they were planning this merger of, you know, this capture of agencies uh, of government by corporations. They have been facilitating this for, for quite some time now. Uh, why it's part of Homeland Security to, to say that you can't sue for mercury-based preservatives being in vaccines, there's something far more sinister beneath the surface there. I can't uh, you know, again, I'm not going to make any assumptions about things 
that I can't confirm, but I can tell you uh, what strong feelings I have. And uh, my strong feeling is that the COVID stuff may have been another example of, of mass human sacrifice. Uh, but in the end, even if it's not something occultic and they're trying to, you know, kill for occult purposes or anything weird like that, that may just be a coincidence that they have all these tie-ins with massive amounts of death and circles and things like this. Uh, it's definitely weird, weird enough to make me uncomfortable. Uh, you know, uh, but we can definitely say that they do not give a damn whether we live or die. And I don't think you need to present any specific evidence to, to see that. I think you can see very clearly that whether they planned 9-11 or whether, or whether George Bush was just a shitty president and didn't really care and just decided to go into authoritarian surveillance as a response when he could have had a more nuanced approach, all of those things still add up to, he, he never gave a damn about you. Kanye West gaslighted us, so George Bush doesn't care about black people. All people are black people to someone like that. <laughs> uh, he, he's, he's viewing the world in a plutocratic lens. Uh, anybody that's less than him is lower than him and is less. Those with less are less in, in, in the plutocratic viewpoint. And um, so George Bush didn't care about any people, black, white, yellow, brown, never did. Uh, but the fact that there's still so many questions uh, 22 years later uh, should indicate their lack of caring. If they ever had any concern, they would have debunked any possible uh, conspiracy theories that were popularized about it being an inside job. They would have put that to rest with, with some solid evidence. Um, but there is no such solid evidence, just like there's no such solid evidence um, about COVID deaths, who died from it, things like that. Uh, Just like COVID, in my opinion, 9-11 was a big emergency false flag distraction uh, in order for them to just clamp down on the common people, which they did. Everybody was fly the flag after 9-11, but also see something, say something. And Patriot Acts. We're going to be tapping phones and listening to things and, and looking at the internet and all, you know, 
then why are we flying the flag after 9-11? Shouldn't you put a new flag? Because if you've disregarded the Constitution and the basic rights of American citizens on the basis of supposedly a foreign threat like terrorism or, uh, God forbid, a virus or something like that, then we have no country. We have no United States of America anymore, and they should just give it up. Uh, because the Constitution doesn't have clauses that say, oh, by the way, this is canceled during emergencies. And it doesn't matter if such an emergency is deadly or not. With freedom comes the risk of, of, of death, of pain. But with coercive control, there's going to be death and pain and no freedom. You're going to have to experience pain and death eventually anyway. You might as well be free in the meantime. And uh, that's what I have to say about that. We're going to go ahead and end this stream with uh, an advertisement for some wonderful uh, merchandise that you might like to buy. Don't forget to read all the stuff on the bottom of the ticker there. Go to the websites. Go to bleachbattalion.com. Go to my personal website, natashadevine.com. And, of course, the main hub, which is fightwing.com. And uh, if you want to support, there's also donate.fightwing.com, or you can support at anchor.fm slash fightwing slash support. All righty, and here we go. Have a great day and enjoy uh, the generally mild weather across the country and on this uh, solemn day of September 11th. Are you tired of being bullied for having a whack-ass, boring wardrobe? Answer is simple. Get some style. Stop dressing like a chump. Get you some stylish gear from Fight Week. T-shirts, sweatshirts, stickers, and much, much more. Merch.fightweek.com Look around and get rid of that whack-ass T-shirt you're wearing. You know you want to join the cool kids, gang? Fightwing.com now!